Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like they kind of accomplished everything they said. Yeah, they did. You know, especially bouncing back from you know last game when they got outscored in that second quarter. You know, they came up big today, gave us a cushion that we could you know play with throughout the game, and you know we held on to it. I mean, completely different story, like you said. We beat them by by 20 bench last game. They they blow us out. Today we didn't match up their energy, especially the second unit. That's the, that was the, the, the key of the, of the game. And that was Toronto All-Star Jamar DeRozan, who had a game-high 32 points, followed by Boyan Bogdanovich, who was not close to getting the 27 points he had in the Wizards win Wednesday at Toronto. This time, the Raptors come back to Washington, ruin Kelly Oubre bobblehead night with a 114-106 victory, split the... Home and home set. More importantly, though, Todd Dybus, they win the season series 2-1. to one. That could be a big deal down the line. Well, who knows? We'll see. Uh, we're going to talk about this game. And since we didn't really talk about the last game because both of us were busy with life, we maybe will sort of just touch on these two games and plus sort of the bench rotation here on the Locked on Wizards podcast. You can, of course, find all the podcasts on iTunes or anywhere you do your podcasting. Find us on Twitter at Locked on Wizards, at Ben Standig, and at Todd underscore Dibus. Um, 114-106, the Wizards took a one-point lead at some point in the second half, but they played catch-up the whole time, and Toronto kind of fended them off fairly decently in the fourth quarter. Um, they got it, The Wizards got it down to three late, but, you know, it's there's some games you kind of feel that the Wizards are going to come back. I never at one point in my write-up was, was, was writing a, a lead that said, Wizards were going to win. Not to say they couldn't have. I just didn't, I don't know, it didn't feel it tonight. It felt more like Toronto had more of the energy and play on their side, and I think the Wizards more or less, uh, more or less said as much. Yeah, it, especially in the first quarter. That uh, I can't remember the last time Washington allowed a 35-point first quarter, um, let alone trailed significantly at some point in the first quarter. But that was the case this evening. Scott Brooks equated the defense to the kind of defense they played against Philadelphia and Utah coming out of the break, which is not the kind of defense you want to replicate um, you know, so it was just kind of a flat night for them against a good team, even though it's a banged-up team without Kyle Lowry. And this just—I ha- don't—I don't know why, but afterward, I wasn't—I 
I didn't feel like they were – obviously the first quarter was bad, but I didn't feel like overall they were severely outplayed. Like you said, they came back and took a one-point lead out in the third quarter, and it was it was more or less, you know, a couple-possession game for the rest of the way. DeMar DeRozan hits a deep three, of all things, um, to kind of put the game away. So, you know, I didn't I'm, – and I'm not overly concerned about the season series saying a lot of things have to happen for that to come into – to be a distinct factor once the regular season ends. So, you know, we'll see. It would have been nice for the Wizards to be able to say, hey, we have a three-game winning streak after those two bubbles out of the break, and during that three-game winning streak, we beat Golden State and Toronto twice. That would be, you know, we're back on track. Instead, tonight, it was kind of a step back, a little bit in between the bad performances to come out of the break and then when they fix things against Golden State and Toronto earlier in the week. You know, if they lose Sunday's game uh, against Orlando here in, in Washington, they will lose the season series to the Magic 3-1. Uh, to one. Uh-oh. You, Would you have any thoughts on your concerns about that one? I, I find that baffling. That'll, that'll be one of the anomalies of the season. Certainly one of those losses were early, and then one of them was the John Wall, what, 52-point game? Yeah. It, it was and sort of like one of the they're last... They're playing no defense. Right. It was sort of like one of those last games where like they got all their sort of bad stuff out of the way it and then the, sort of turned it on from there. That game was the last home loss before the streak began. Yeah, was exactly. Was lo- losing to Orlando, and they weren't guarding anyone, and John just went crazy, and they were like, whatever. So... so so speaking of Wall, he gets 30 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks, 4 of 8 from 3. One turnover. One turnover in 38 minutes. That's a tremendous performance. That said, this is a nitpick thing, but typically when John Wall is distributing, the Wizards are better. In the first quarter, he scored 16 points. He had it going on, but the rest of the offense was a disaster. The other four starters in the first quarter had one field goal, which isn't to say if John Wall is hot, he should just give that up and pass. It is just to say that in games where he is scoring, similar to that Orlando game, I I don't remember the exact details, but he scored 52 points. They lost, I think, by eight. When he's scoring and not distributing, they're not as good. It's better if it's the other four guys are scoring and he's racking up the assists. And there would have been less of an effect of that tonight if, if some guys just hit some normal shots. Sure. You know, they, they, everyone in the locker room said afterwards, we had some good looks and we missed them. And I can think of not just in the first quarter, but beyond that, a couple Bradley Beal threes. Bradley still was 10 for 21 from the field and 3 for 8 for 3, which is totally reasonable. But um, he had a couple wide open looks that he, he had rattle out. And Otto Porter ended up just 4 for 10 and 2 for 5. So he had a couple looks that rattled out, a couple things he normally makes. So. It was that it was that kind of night. That's why I kind of go back to what I said initially. That's why I'm not overly emotional about how they played here because it just it wasn't a great night. They played a good team. DeRozan did some big time things at the end, and they lost. So it's just kind of a move on night for me. Were you more emotional about the fact that it was an ice cream night at halftime or the loss? I was highly emotional about the halftime ice cream because when we came down the steps and approached the room, you could smell the waffles. And it's freaking freezing in here again tonight, even more so than usual in the media work room and in the press conference room. So the smell of warm waffles wafting out in my direction was fantastic. Unfortunately, we had to top them with some ice cream, which made me even colder. But these are the plights of life that sometimes you have to fight through in order to consume ice cream, you have to eat it when it's still cold. 
where you are and just kind of see if you can deal with that downtrodden portion of life and fight your way through. Well, I think I had a much more difficult struggle on this front, to be honest, because I was trying to avoid the ice cream because I've eaten like <clears throat> bleep the last few days. And I was like, I can't do it. Then I did walk in there, smell the waffles. I'm like, oh, Lord. I had about a, <laughs> I had about a 30 second conversation with somebody. I'm like, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm going back to the seat uh, and focus on this uh, on this game. So I mean, the 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 obviously the the, re, the Wizards won in Toronto because that second quarter was unbelievable. Twenty six to one start. All the bench unit they got it done. Ironically, they got it done on the day Brandon Jennings essentially becomes a Wizard, or I guess he technically became a Wizard the next day, but we knew yep. it was going to happen. Um, and then this game today, Brandon Jennings makes his debut. I'm not saying the second unit faded because of him. But they were outscored, I think, 44-14. to 14. Norman Powell was a monster for um, Toronto. Bogdanovich went from 27 points and six three-pointers in Toronto to six points on one of five shooting and no threes. Here, I would say on some level that's just sort of evens itself out. Yeah. Not going to too much worry about it. Um, I guess just to stick here, though, with the bench for a second. Burke, Scott Brooks uses five players off the bench. None of those players was Jason Smith, who was a key figure in that last game it's weird we've been talking forever about how well they only really maybe kind of have like two guys off the bench you could sort of count on mostly were those smith and Ubre, mm-hmm. and everybody else is sort of figure it out now on some weird level they have one too many players i mean 11 <laughs> players is not an insane rotation but toronto only used nine guys the wizards used 10 and 10 included sadaransky only playing just over and toronto a- used nine guys without lowry Right, without Lowry. I mean, the Wizards used 10, but Sadoransky played less than five minutes. So they really just used nine. And this is, I think, the the thing. Also, Toronto basically played a lot of small ball with Patrick Patterson playing at the five. That doesn't make for an ideal situation to use Jason Smith, considering Gortat and Mahimi combined for basically 46 minutes. So that's your whole center minutes right, right there. So this is going to be the interesting thing is how does Brooks get Jason Smith in the lineup, as you just said to me before we started or did you say this just on the show? No, you said it before we started that, that it's insane that we're saying Jason Smith needs to play more, considering that that that, that, that wasn't necessarily the case for most of the most of the season. Yeah, and the strangest part to me is you figured out a way to use him in Toronto just a couple days ago, and he was wildly effective. And you laud him pregame, which Scott Brooks did about being professional. You may not play, and then when you do play you need to be ready then you play the same team and of course they tweaked their rotation some and they went small which theoretically makes you think maybe jason smith can get on the floor because he's not dealing with the legit center so instead you have gortat or Mahimi guarding patrick patterson or serge Ibaka, and smith doesn't get on the floor at all and you never have markeith morris at the five during the evening so that was um an interesting decision to me by Scott Brooks to, to, to stay big throughout the night. It was something that John Wall kind of mentioned independently after the game, which tells me that it caught the players' attention as well. Uh, and I was just surprised that, they, you know, they and to Brooks, the, the, the counter to that probably from Brooks's perspective is, hey, look, we were down 19 and we came back and took the lead doing this. And so... He never gave in, and, and you've talked about this several times in the past, more so during the Randy Whitman era of, are, are you the person forcing the hand, or are you the person reacting, and, and when do you do both of those things? And tonight, it, 
You know, Dwayne Casey went small and did it consistently. Valanchunas only played 13 minutes. And I thought it was like the uh, sweep in Toronto all over again. He was totally ineffective, and he was totally ineffective in that series, and they needed him off the floor. And when Toronto went, Dwayne Casey went small, Brooks was stubborn and stayed stubborn about staying big because that's the way he wanted to do it. So for a night, it, it was an odd um odd rotational approach as Brooks tries to figure out how to use all his new pieces. But is this, is this, are these two somewhat conflicting points? If you're trying to, if we're saying you need to use Jason Smith more, that means going big, but the idea of going small means more. I'm saying more. in this case, they could have used him as a center. So less Mahimi and yes. more Jason Smith. Yes. So, <clears throat> and I thought Mahimi played well again too. I'm just saying when you have Gortat and Mahimi chasing Ibaka and, and or Patrick Patterson, then I, you know, I don't see why that can't be Jason Smith in, in those instances. He's bigger than both those guys, both those Toronto players, but smaller than your standard centers. It, it is a little surprising that Jason Smith was as effective as he was um, the other night. But this goes back to the point of, and it's sort of, I said this in Brooks pregame, it's sort of ironic the best quarter you have all season by your five-man bench unit on essentially on the same day, you're going to shake it all up by bringing in Brandon Jennings. So I think the thing that's going to be interesting is, look, if Brandon Jennings is going to play, unless he just is an utter Eric Maynard-level disaster, he's going to get minutes. So the question is, what do you do with him? Bogdanovich is obviously going to play. Yep. Presumably Mahimi will play one way or the other. Yep. Kelly Oubre, the ups and downs remain, but you know he's likely to stay in there, which means... Who's the other guy? If you go with Jason Smith, now you're basically using Bogdanovich as the two. If you go with Sadoransky, now you have two guards who are neither one of which are, are tremendous outside shooters. Um, and you could go that way, but that means probably no Jason Smith. So, again, you can play 11. I'm just being realistic. You can't play these guys. You can't carve out 11 enough minutes for 11 guys to all be happy and effective. So... And this you're is, sure as heck not going to be doing that in the playoffs. Oh, in the playoffs, you're down to like eight. Right. I mean, Bogdanovich will be there, presumably Mahimi, presumably Brandon Jennings. And, you know, that's going to leave Ubre, um, Smith, Sadoransky likely on the outs. Maybe they get in a few minutes here and there. Yeah. Um, by the way, we should also note before I forget, Wizards announced they sent Chris McCullough to the D-League in Arizona. I forget what the name is. Something. I don't know why they had to send him the furthest one away. I guess they're not worried about him needing to come back for an emergency. Although, I guess, actually, in fairness, the Wizards are about to go away for a while. So, maybe he actually will be closer to where they're going to be. Yeah. Maybe that has something to do with it. Someday, maybe they can send a player to the D-League, you know, down the street. You know, let me me ask you about this. I'm going to just bring this on to you. Maybe I've lost track. When When is this new facility opening? I would have to go back and look at what I originally wrote. Because in my head, I want to say 2019, 2020. One of those. Um, Maybe 19. Is that what it is? Well, okay. I I, 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 I feel like it was a three-year thing from last summer. I, I don't. I guess I'm. I'm just. I don't understand. I hate using that phrase. I feel like I just don't have my computer in front of me to look it up. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to do this on, on the flyer because I saw. Somebody, uh, Tim, my, my guy Tim Murray tweeted out, it was a job posting for Monumental Sports involving 
the va- the Valor, the arena mm-hmm. team, and it's at whatever position they were looking for, it, it said something about also that there would be some connection to the D-League team, which in theory will open somewhere in like the 2018-19 season. And so, I mean, not that we, this is a whole other topic, but like it is sort of like, look, can't, I don't understand. I don't know how these things work. You can't open up a D-League team tomorrow for next season, play them at George Delaware, Mason right. here, yeah. I, whatever. Go go pick a, yeah, an outpost, I don't know, Richmond, whatever, mm-hmm. and just get it going. I mean, this of all the years, most of the years, I'm like, well, they have maybe one guy. This year, they have four. Right. I mean, well, I guess you have three right now. You had four when you had when you had Daniel House. That's where House should be, right? Yeah, um. Right so yeah, it's it's kind of weird, but all right, we'll we'll save that rant <laughs> for some other day. Um. Brandon Jennings did play. He looked Brandon Jennings ish. Two assists in ten minutes, but over three from the field. Over two from three. Nothing to panic about by any stretch. He's got to get used to things. But Bogdanovich was a was a zero his first game as well. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Um. We, we we were talking about this during the game as to what our level of excitement over this is. I think we were all sort of neutral to see where this is going to go. We get the need. Trey Burke did not play tonight. I'm going to guess uh, Trey Burke is going to not get much play many nights going forward. Um, so the question is, you know, how is this Brandon Jennings thing's thing going to work? One thing I thought was interesting was Brooks said that he definitely sees Jennings and John Wall playing together. <laughs> I don't know. Do I, I? I don't know if I definitely like. Not, not... I had this. We. I had this discussion with uh, Jerry Brewer, who works at another local paper that I won't name. Um, and uh, before the, before we met with Scott Brooks, and he had brought that up, and I did the same. Uh, not real thrilled about that. So we'll see. I mean, certainly, I'm not going to have a strong reaction to what Brandon Jennings did tonight. He looked out of sorts, which is not surprising at all. Uh, my, maybe my favorite tweet of, of, of the night was my personal tweet. I mean, was that that one person we know won't be playing quarterback for the Redskins this year, Brandon <laughs> Jennings. He sailed a pass like 10 feet over somebody's head and landed like the it eighth row. He slid out of his hand. He said post game he was so embarrassed. I mean, and I, that was his quote about it. And he, he brought it up himself. It yeah. was like, oh, I was so embarrassed. My first game here and the pass goes flying out of bounds. I mean, it was a, it was a rocket. It was like way into the stands. Yeah. Um, and he also said in what I thought was a good encapsulation of, of of what he needs to do, and it was something that Gortat had said to him, and it's that use these next 20 or so games to get situated so that you're going to be effective in the playoffs because when John Wall comes off the floor in the playoffs, we can't the team can't have the massive drop-off we've seen throughout the season at that position when they go to the bench. It, they just can't. So... That's going to be the main question um, for Brandon Jennings. Not what he's doing right now or the first couple days, but what is how situated is he going to be then, and is he going to be effective come playoff time against other back against you know the Corey Josephs of the world? That's who he needs to worry about. Um, that seems like a reasonable point. Uh, let me, while I stall to think of the next subject, I'll just stall. say you're listening to the Locked On <laughs> Wizards podcast. Uh, ben Sandig with Todd Dibus from the uh, nation's capital, other newspaper, the Washington Times. I say other, meaning like the leading one, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's the hugely staffed one. The deep staff. Exactly. Uh, uh, the one with the, yeah. The, um, the one that sends five people to a wizard's home game. Uh, 
Funny, funny stuff. So, yeah, so Wizards lose. You know, they whatever. I mean, it's not it's not whatever. I'm just saying like, I'm trying to like gin up some some. There's something. A, this is what I'm saying to you about. Time. Yeah, this I, is it's just not. It's I think just, I'm also a little tired, but um, yes. yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, look, the, the, Orlando's on deck. They've you know, the, however they need happened, to win that game. If they blow that game, then. We'll, we'll fill a podcast with ranting, I assure you. And they are at this point. There's no reason to lose to Orlando at home. Right? I mean, they are, they are now technically two and three. At, not technically. They are two and three out of the break. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, losing to Toronto is no shame. But the thing is, it's Orlando, then you have a five-game West Coast swing at, uh, at Phoenix. This is the not-so-bad West Coast swing. This is the not-so-bad one, except for the fact that you've got two back-to-backs in there. At Phoenix, at Denver, back-to-back. At Sacramento, at Portland, back-to-back, then at Minnesota. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but last time I looked, all all five of those teams were, I think, under 500. Some of them significantly under. So, yeah, this is one they need to win. But, like, yeah, if you you beat Orlando, you know, I don't want to say you have to go 4-1 and on that trip, but... You go four and one on that trip. That's a six and that's a five and one. Grown up teams go four and one on that trip at this point. Yeah, that's a five and one. Track. I can see that Denver game being 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 a tough one, but um, yeah, you go you go five and one over these next six, and you're right back in whatever conversation you you want to have about uh, the East. And and this West Coast swing is important, I think, to to hit at, at minimum three and two because the next West Coast swing is much, much more difficult. It actually starts, bizarrely, in Cleveland, and then they go west from there. And I believe Golden State Clippers are part of that equation before they circle and back around. So that's obviously going to be a very difficult trip. If you are uh, interested in schedule talk, I did a whole podcast on the second-half schedule. You can find that um, in the uh, semi-recent archives. So, yeah, big game against Orlando. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> we'll put that on your tombstone. Big game against Orlando. That's all I got. Yeah. Sound good? I think that's good. Uh, fantastic. You're happy. You're happy with this with this conclusion. I'm not happy with the conclusion. No, I'm happy as concluding. All right. Because, um, right. like I said, I don't think there just wasn't much there tonight. It was a solid game and they lost they had a bad first quarter yeah i guess Toronto's good okay i guess i guess if for me i'm I'll be just curious to see how brooks handles his rotations he's got a lot 100%. to work he's yeah. got a lot to work with now which is weird because we didn't have it for most of the year um but yeah how he's going to sort sort this out by the way i kind of wonder where things are going to be with gortat i'll just say that you mentioned maybe more smith or than mahimi Okay, I'm not, but I I don't know. I kind of wonder is if Gortat's I mean, you can't play Mahimi much less than the 16 he played. Right. So at some so that so, means you need Smith next to Mahimi at some point too, if possible. Right. Or, or I'm just saying, or opponent. hypothetically, Gortat plays less, which I'm not saying he should or shouldn't. I'm just well, he shouldn't. But I'm just looking at the, it's hard to play Marquise Morris less. I think because if he, in some level, if you're going to go small, you should play him at the five. Right. But anyway. We'll see what happens. Uh, and I have to come up with another podcast idea tomorrow. Maybe it'll be that one. Do it. Okay. Until next time, adios. Neil gets open for three. Dagger! Long drive, long balance shot. Dagger!